0: Hi, it's Deanne Fitzpatrick, and I'm here with Ruth Gendler, and I found Ruth by reading her books. Um, I have a course called The Harbour, and one of the participants in The Harbour posted uh, the book of qualities, and I just caught my eye, and I ordered it, and Ruth, I just feel like, you know, in the best kind of way, I'll never finish your books. I think I want to keep them, you know, close to me. I like them right now. They're with my morning reading. I'm reading uh, notes on beauty and uh, on the need for beauty. And um, yeah, they're the kind of books that I, whenever I'm thinking about one of those qualities, I'm going to want to go back to that and think about how you personified the qualities. It was, they're really incredible. You're an
1: incredible writer. It's a very slow process, but thank you very much. I I am... So honored that that book has um, gone out in the world beyond my wildest dreams and continues to um, reach people. Yeah. It, it's, it must be quite a feeling really, to have your own, to have your
0: own creativity. Uh, we were talking about the generosity of creativity. You had said you had put those words together. And, and I, it, it must feel quite something to have that book resonate with so many people.
1: It's, I'm very honored. I feel very honored. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep learning from it too. You know, so that's been interesting because it was, it came out around my 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely qualities I see differently in my 60s, but there's a lot that stayed. Um, and there was a tremendous amount of rewriting. Some of those qualities were typed on a typewriter 40, 50 times. And I've changed them a little as I've read them out loud and learned, reading them out loud so much I've learned them by heart. Why don't I read the beauty quality since that's such an essential quality to you? Why don't you
0: read it for us? And that
1: will um, explain this mystery of what we're talking about, personification. Okay, great. doesn't remember English class. Beauty is startling. She wears a gold shawl in the summer and sells seven kinds of honey at the farmer's market. I think I originally wrote flea markets, changed it to farmer's markets. Beauty is young and old at once, my daughter and my grandmother. In school, Beauty excelled in mathematics and poetry. She doesn't anger easily, but Beauty was annoyed with the journalist who kept asking about her favorites, as if Beauty could have one favorite color or one favorite flower, or now I add one favorite language. Beauty doesn't mind questions. She's fond of riddles. Beauty will dance with anyone who's brave enough to ask her. So that was just a line, beauty will dance with anyone who's brave enough to ask her, but many, many people, mostly women love that line. And I really needed to go under and find out what it meant. And some of the things it means to me is that beauty moves. It's not a static quality of things, but it's more of an energy between us and among us. And There's courage involved with choosing beauty in this very cynical, sentimental world where we have tremendous intellect and and some cynicism, and we also have this kind of, I don't want to say sloppy sentimentality, but there is a lot of sentimentality as well. And to choose something that's substantial and nourishing um, takes, to me, courage and courage. And then there's the courtesy, beauty will dance with anyone who's brave enough to ask her. Mm -hmm. So um, when I came back to qualities in middle age, the first quality I was interested in was courtesy, which is a quality I would never have thought was important when I was 27. I would have thought, oh, it's superficial, it's false. And now I find it's um, in this time where it's so hard for us to listen to each other and ourselves because things are moving so fast. the truest deepest kind of courtesy is also um, to me, an aspect of beauty. Um, Another way I often said it is beauty thrives on attention or invitations. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like to say, I mostly believe the more we see, the more we see beauty. Sometimes we see more ugliness too. We just see more, but I think, I can elaborate on that, but I don't want to run on it.
0: I love what you're saying. I'm very interested.
1: So so one of my stories about how beauty thrives on attention is when I was a very young woman, I went out to a seashore called Point Reyes and I took a nature drawing class. And the teacher asked us all to draw daisies. And we all drew stereotypical daisies with um, very um, regular petals, no particular attention to the leaf shape or the I think it's called the calyx. And then he handed out real daisies. And I mean, not orchids, not the most exquisite rose, just a daisy and we drew it. And it was, um, to use a California word I don't use very often, mind blowing. It was extraordinary to look at a daisy. I know Jojo O'Keefe has that quotation about flowers, but I thought about it for a while. And I thought a lot of my art isn't that accurate rendering. A lot of my art is symbolic. So I was teaching in a forest maybe 15 years ago and there were a lot of redwood trees. And I invited the students to um, draw the inner tree they feel like is inside themselves. Mm -hmm. And then to go out in the forest and find a real tree and sort of set up a conversation or a dialogue or a dance between the tree they found which often were not the most beautiful trees, they were falling down or this or that, Um, between the world, the outer world tree and the inner tree. So I'm really interested in accuracy and rigor, but I'm also really want there to be room for the inner, the imaginative, the dream and to bring maybe more rigor to that. Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful subject beauty. I mean, I I was looking at what you're doing and I I always felt so grateful. You know, I wrote a book of, uh, I think I wrote 90 qualities and there were 72 in the first edition and then 75. I was was, as hard as it was to write about beauty. It was such a wonderful assignment, if you will, because I mean, it could have been grief, which I'm writing about now more or greed or jealousy or, Mm -hmm. But, but to have to wrestle with um, bringing this very elusive quality into language and to want to do it as beautifully as I could and, and to keep opening the subject up. Instead of trying to close it down and define it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: and I notice that in, in this book a lot. Um, yeah. I really encourage everybody who's taking this course to order this book and this book. They're they're both is this both. is this visual or just auditory? This is visual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You well, look great. Any, Everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> on. Um, but uh that's oh. what you keep doing with this book is you take that one page. And you open it up and open it up and open it up so that we see it in so many different ways and, and move, you know, we move through it in different ways. I have a few questions for
1: you. And Let me say one more thing. Yeah, about callers, of course. That they're always sliding into each other. So when mm-hmm. I wrote the line, joy drinks pure water, it, I, I had to sit there and weigh it. Was it joy that drinks pure water or truth or commitment? And and so the the quality is the best evidence of what I can report on about that quality, but it's also kind of fluid. Um, and I also will read the qualities. Um, I started with the loneliness quality, which is written he, but I also turn around and read it she because mm-hmm. people get very in the eighties and as well as now we're we're very alert to gender.
0: Yes, we are. Yeah, the um the uh, the quality i the one thing that really resonates in this book with me is the quality the line in charm about how charm can leave the room you know and oh. and when she leaves the room she's gone and i thought oh my gosh that's so we have to be so careful if we have charm or we have to be so careful with charming people do you know what i mean to to know ourselves and to know others and to know that quality i I found that really that, uh, and I, I remember once in a uh, coming, like learning that in, an, in a in a novel, once watching the qualities, that quality of charm and how, you know, it can be so beautiful and so difficult for depending on if, you know, which end of it you're on kind of. So there was a, it kept, uh, so many sentences resonated with me. Um, Tell me about how you came to writing, how you came to personifying the qualities. Like if you were 30, what
1: made you write them that way? Well, it goes, I'll try to be concise. But when I was nine years old, there, there was a shopping center being opened near my neighborhood in Omaha, Nebraska. And somehow I made up a store where they sold qualities. And initially they were in objects. I must have heard the phrase, a cup of kindness and loved that. And, and I have a phrase that's great for craftspeople and artists, the emotional life of things. So yeah. I had a sense of, um, I don't know how to call it, energies, qualities. And eventually there was a store where they sold qualities and there were the people who were the shopkeepers. And I drew this when I was 20. And then when I was 25, um, I had a massage for the first time. And the body worker said to me, what are you doing for pleasure? Because I'm such a serious person or was then. Um, and I said, pleasure. And I went home and I wrote in my journal, pleasure is a gossip and a flirt and she distracts you from your work. So it was a very negative approach to what was in charm, sort of the, a playful feminine. I didn't know how to have my seriousness and playfulness, which the playfulness is absolutely essential to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: enjoying life, but also to being an artist, to being creative. Um, So the exploration had several stages and I wrote 11 qualities before I was 27. And I remember showing them to a friend who said, you could do a book of these. And I said, no. I used to run and write books, but now I want to be a visual artist. And it was a big um, schism in those days. Um, And then I was in a kind of life-changing car accident where I was forced to you know, go inside and change a lot of things in my life. Um, I wasn't hospitalized for more than that day after the accident, but it was a a very deep shock. Mm -hmm. um, One of the deepest in my life. And out of that, I brought out those 11 qualities and brought them to a poetry group that I didn't stay connected to for too long. And then I wrote maybe six equalities in about a six month period. And the reason I take the time to tell the story the long way is mm. I'm a great believer in glimpses and really paying attention, but also growing toward what you glimpse and allowing it to ripen. That's not to say I'm not impatient. I'm terribly impatient at times, but, but I, um, I find creativity very reciprocal. Generous is one word, reciprocal. And what we work on works on us. And the art that interests me, if I can say this, we have to keep growing technically and imaginatively, but I, I, I feel that often we, we forget, we have to keep growing spiritually also. Yeah. And um, so things can take a long time to our minds. And I, I do pay attention. Like I will say that I write slowly. I paint slowly. I draw very quickly and, um, almost cartoon. I love, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of Japanese brush and I do my printmaking pretty quickly, partly because it's not my own press. So Mm -hmm. I'm in the studio and I, I make a lot of variations and ghosts and, hope I will grow into some new techniques and be able to work over some of the work I've started. Mm-hmm. But you also, I also make a lot of unresolved work or bad work to make the good yeah. work.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, but do you feel there's a difference in um, the amount of bad work and good work when you work slowly or when you work fast?
1: That's a great question. Um, I don't know how to answer or is it just the way on? you work? I think it. Um, I, I think it might be just the way.
0: You know, your work comes the way you work. I suppose.
1: Yeah, I. I, I know. I'm grateful to have both the quick, and the um, slow. Hmm. I know I'm a, a great believer in revision and reworking. And when I, I was thinking about this this morning, when I first started writing on the computer, I was nervous that it would. I wouldn't rewrite enough because I wouldn't have to retype. Mm. When I was writing the original qualities, there was a very strong connection between the hand typing and the ear. As I was retyping, yes. um, I could sometimes elaborate, sometimes condense. Um, I do think it's, I, I sound sometimes like a curmudgeon complaining about the speed of our lives and I, many things about it I enjoy but I do think it's tricky now when we can do things so fast to find ways, I mean, I don't know the process of rug hooking, but weaving is a really powerful metaphor for me and how long it takes to set up the loom and those things.
0: Um, I hook quickly, but it is a slow process. Do you know what I mean? Like I can make a painting in a day, a rug, of a similar size would take uh, weeks for sure. At least
1: mm-hmm. many. Does people- it change as you work on it? Or do you work um, from a pretty strong idea? Uh, changes as I work on it.
0: Yeah. I hear rhythm in your work. Like when you're writing, I, I, I know exactly when I said, yes, I know. I, your work is meant to be read and to be heard yeah. as well. There's a lot of rhythm. Uh, it reminds me of another person that I interviewed in this her name is Sherry Fitch and she writes when she writes her work um, you know she considers sound and I can see that you considered sound as you wrote I think or rather
1: more and more and that that came my my strength was more visual than auditory I believed but because I ended up To my great delight and surprise, spending 30 years plus as a poet in the school, mostly with third, fourth and fifth graders, reading poetry out loud really taught me a lot about the music of language and knowing the value of knowing things by heart. And it's a great way to edit, to read out loud, just to yourself
0: Mm -hmm. or to one or
1: two other people.
0: It does make perfect sense as, as a writer. It does make perfect sense, you know, to just say it out loud. I never do that but I might now. <laughs> um, were you at all surprised at, like when you first wrote those qualities, were you surprised at, uh, you know, at, at 25, when you showed them to somebody and, and they said you could make a book? Were, were you surprised at what was happening or were you part of, or was, were you, were you knowing as you were making? Pardon? Were you knowing that it was really great as you were making.
1: Oh, no. no way. No way. I mean, it was, It. I feel like lost and found and lost most of the time. And the only thing, and, you know, when <laughs> people say they love to write, I just look at them like, you got to be kidding. I mean, I, 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 there is a joy with writing that, yeah. that's amazing. And there's a way that I, very um, glibly and partly true, I would say I wrote to find out what I thought and I did art to find out what I felt. Mm -hmm. There's much more feeling than that in my writing and much more thought than that in my art. But um, I do feel like I I wanted to be surprised by the quality. I didn't want to just end up where I started. And Mm -hmm. many of them, I thought, oh, there's no way I can do this. Um, how am I going to do this? Um, and it's it's not, I mean, not in Notes on the Need for Beauty either, but in other writings I've done, there has been a time when I could be logical and march through a paragraph. Mm-hmm. But um, to write associatively, um, it, it, it's a different kind of braiding it together, different kind of logic or coherence. Um, it's not nonsense, but it it has, it's not a, whatever they call them, a five paragraph theme. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not nonsense. I know that, that's for sure. Um, you write, you paint, you draw, you teach. And do do any one of these have any more
1: importance to you than the other? <laughs> Whichever one I'm not doing at the moment is <laughs> wrong for, there's that. Um, no, I I could say, and it again, I'm suspicious of glib statements, even though I make them. I could say there was a tremendous amount of encouragement in my family to write and my teachers. I didn't get that kind of encouragement in art. It, it did come from such an emotional soul place. It wasn't necessarily about shading the egg or um, perspective. I've, I've taken a lot more classes as an adult in art technique, but my, My training in writing, which included Latin and being a literature major, um, was very good and strong. I lived in Italy for six months when I was 19. That has everything to do with writing a book on beauty or everything, actually. Um, The teaching is a surprise because I feel so playful as a teacher and honored to be working with kids and something I feel very strongly is the creativity is not rare, but it's precious. And because it's precious, it needs a lot of nourishment and a lot of different kinds of food. Um, Sometimes we need to really get out there and there's a teaching story I love where a ceramics teacher assigned his students, half the class had 50 pounds of clay and they had to use it all and the other half of the class had to turn in one pot. right? So the people with the 50 pounds of clay were experimental and did all kinds of great stuff. But now in the age of digital photography, um, I heard a story when I was back in Omaha some years ago where um, young artists were given a film camera and they were told they could only take, well, they had 27 exposures for the month and they had to turn in three pictures. So if we're in a, a frenzy where we're just, not thinking about what we're photographing, maybe it's time to slow down. And if we're very perfectionist, maybe it's time to write a hundred haiku. Yeah, yeah. It's situational. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's like, how much challenge do you want in your life right now? And how much do you want to feel competent? (laughs) (laughs) That really depends on what's
0: happening outside of us. Right,
1: right. So so I think those things bear on your creative practice more than we acknowledge yeah
0: the first thing we talked about is really like i said was it to do with life or work and you said well really they're the same and yeah they i think i think they are the same which you know if you have a if you're following a a creative path i i just sort of feel like i'm a firm you know and then i have lots of different things that i have to attend to yeah and you know, the food I eat is from the farm. And, uh, do you know, like it's, so, mm-hmm. it's all, to me, it's, I, I don't have a difference between my work and my life, really.
1: And, and I think I was very sensitive to television and movie imagery when I was young. And I, mm-hmm. at these days, I, I feel like maybe because I am on the computer so much more than I ever thought I would be. I really make, try to make sure that I have some quiet um, space at the end of the day. I don't just, watch a movie yeah that's me
0: yeah so how 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 do you do that what do you do for that quiet space how do you how do you take it
1: that's a great question um let me think about that okay we'll come back to it because I'm interested to know Um,
0: what do you think children because I I love it in the book you quote children a lot in in the book on notes on the need for beauty and they're so the quotes are so wise. beautiful. I know they're so wise. They're so wise. And,
1: uh, what do you think they have to teach us about beauty? That it's important. They don't question it, that it's, it can be simple as well as complex that, um, I had an eighth grade boy, write Early on beauty doesn't drink Perrier water. Beauty doesn't eat finger sandwiches with her afternoon tea beauty doesn't wear lace nighty for beauty's too busy tending the rice fields in China. Yes. Yeah. Um, amazing. I mean, I've also had the, the fourth grade girl do the princess beauty. I mean, there's that for sure. But, but this idea that, um, farmers, as you were mentioning in their work are beautiful people doing what they love are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes kids remind me of that. Yeah. That we are beautiful when we are doing what we love.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and really we watch children and see that ourselves, don't we? When they're just, they're just so doing whatever they feel they need to be doing at that time. They just, whether it's building Lego or fiddling around or picking flowers in the soccer field, you know, when everyone else is Mm -hmm. running to get the ball and you see that one child.
1: Yeah, I was working with three brothers um, last week in my backyard—a seven-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a twelve-year-old—and my um, assignment from their mother was to do some writing around water, which is a great subject, and then then do some color mixing and introduce them to some color mixing. And they, we had a snack ready, and I loved it because the seven-year-old and the twelve-year-old were all about the snack, and the ten-year-old went back to the table to work. And you know, that's that level sometimes when kids are drawing the concentration is exquisite
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes I know or whatever it could be music it could be sports but oh. but to see people really concentrating is a beautiful thing to yeah. me people lost in what they're doing is yeah and it's beautiful lost and found in what um. they're doing <laughs>
0: Um, I love your idea of listing five things you want to see five things you don't want to see. I, you know, I, I was reading that and, and how, how it just expands your capacity, your capacity, your imaginative capacity to visualize, you know, Mm -hmm. How, how do you think we can, like, that's one way, how, how are some ways that we can get more in touch with our visual imagination? You know, that
1: whole, well, if you're willing to look at it on the page or even not look at it on the page, I mean, drawing is, you know, drawing is like breathing to me. I mean, I would, if they ever sent me to political prison, God help me for thinking that way. If they took away my notebooks, you know, I think I'd, I'd crack because yeah. I mean, drawing and writing, um, how I make sense of the world. I know a lot of people enhance their seeing by photography. My companion um, was a great photographer and he um, would take lots of pictures of flowers and there would be the most amazing insects inside the flowers that he wasn't seeing. He, I loved watching him. He saw so well, but he also um, saw in dialogue with his cameras and a way that fascinated me. Um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so drawing and seeing, or photography and drawing.
1: Yeah, and what are some of the things that you still want to create yourself that you haven't, you haven't created yet? Like, do you You have any idea? I I I I do, but talking is so much easier than doing those things that I need to contain myself on that question. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. So many. I agree. Yeah,
0: and sometimes I think uh, a writing teacher once told me that when you talk it out, uh, when you talk it out, sometimes. You just exercise the need to do it. So be careful.
1: Yeah. I mean, talking to one or two people who are really allies and elaborating and finding out what they don't understand about what you're saying or what they really like about what you're saying is very different than just saying, oh, this is what I'd like to do in the next five years. Five years and yeah. na- and sometimes it's good to announce it because you make a commitment. And sometimes, like I said right now, I thought about this yesterday, if you were going to ask me that. <laughs> and I thought, you know be quiet Ruth. <laughs> in yourself hold it's, on
0: it's hold it in your so head. easy to talk <laughs> um, and I think this is one of the things that I struggle with I, I walk the same road every day I live in a rural oh, area and I walk nice. the same road every day right oh nice. um, the one of the things that you said in the beauty book is is the real challenge is seeing beauty uh, it you know that's seeing the beauty and what's familiar right yes because we do, I mean, even if you're married to an incredibly beautiful person, their face becomes their face, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we become better? How do, how do you think we could become better? How could I become better at seeing the beauty in what's familiar? Now, I, I do really try, so.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Well, tra- I'm I'm traveling for four days tomorrow for the first time in eight months and I know when I come back, I will see my roses more clearly and I'll see a a mess that I need to deal with more clearly. Mm -hmm. So sometimes traveling can just, a brief trip Mm -hmm. can take you away and bring you back. Um, That's such a good question. Um, Again, I mean, if you draw the face of someone you're familiar with if you really draw the face you start turning it around and there's a wonderful old exercise from drawing on the right side of the brain where you take a black and white photo of a face and you draw it upside down down yes it is great and 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 then when you and those drawings are always so beautiful and awkward um and then when you turn it right side up you're like oh that's a face oh oh Yeah. yeah yeah but that question is that's the kind of question i learned this from a journal teacher named christina baldwin where she would put a question not where she wrote it where she first had it in her notebook she would put it pages in advance and and then three months later when you come to that page you're you answer it so oh i love that idea so hold that question Mm -hmm. how can i take the familiar and re-see it with more appreciation yeah and I would call it, I don't know if this is carry home, so it with me up and down that road. Live, it, live into it and um, you know, inside questions like that, there could be three more questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet you're good at finding those questions.
1: <laughs> I, I used to call myself a connoisseur of questions or a connoisseur <laughs> of qualities. Yeah, um, questions questions and lists are very useful ways to I hate to say pre-write but but kind of identify things you want to write and sometimes the questions like there's a very beautiful book called the book of questions there's three books of questions I know there's one by Pablo Neruda the uh, great poet South American poet and those questions don't quite make sense and they're gorgeous
0: I love the idea of putting it ahead in my sketchbook and I'll do that this afternoon yeah. I've gotten, I, I have sketchbooks everywhere, but I've come back to the feeling of one book at a time. Yeah. There's something important about that. Isn't there, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Because you mean true. you meet, you need paper everywhere, but you don't need a book everywhere. It's good to have a, have a focus. And then I, I-
1: end up with a, um, keeping a kind of notebook on the computer when I'm reading and I, I, put um grab a lot of paragraphs of articles I'm reading and put them in it's not online in that it I'm sending it to anyone else but no. on a um, computer journal. Yeah that's a good and idea. And then I, I have to have a paper journal also. Yeah. Are you reading online like, Sorry. I'm on the computer way more than I'd like to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I just really enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed I enjoyed your book. I think I you know I think this book it kind of it makes me feel like whenever I teach people who are beginning, I always tell them um, to read letters to a young poet by Rilke. Oh, oh, And I think I'll also tell them about this book now too. Like oh, it's really, yeah. I, I think it's a really, uh, a, it's the good side of charming and it's the best of rich. And it's really um, a book that makes us, I think it makes us look at ourselves. That's, that's the thing about this book. And I, I think you must have a lot of self understanding from having written these.
1: Thank you. Yeah. One thing that um, one comment I had about the book that really helped me was that it was a mix. It was a mixture of personal and impersonal. And um, yeah, I, that would be certainly what I would like. Yeah. Did you get all your questions in? Um, I have a couple more, but I don't want to, I don't want, can I keep you for a few more minutes? Yeah, sure. Okay. All
0: right. Um, Well, one question that came to me as we were talking was, and I I don't have this question written here, but you know, Albert Einstein is so famous for quoting, imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I just wonder what you thought
1: about that quote. I think I might say imagination is as important as knowledge. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Um, at this moment, we we're in such a weird, um, emotionally charged up state. Um, you know, I spent so much of my life encouraging people to write more personally and um, all those things, and and now I'm 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 writing, working with some forms. I'm more interested in courtesy. I think the imagination is incredibly important, but we also have lineages and um, great things that have come to us through the ages that yeah. matter too. Um, maybe, maybe imagination is more important than information. I would be. I would play with yeah. information, knowledge, wisdom, and what are the differences yeah. between those among those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, So just in itself, why do you think imagination is more important now than ever? You mentioned that. Um, It's very important right now.
1: Having our own imaginations and being really aware of our own imagery. I I don't want to rant about it, but the power of advertising to kind of colonize our imaginations, it's so strong and it's so distorted. Um, So I have this phrase about really rooting the imagination in the body. I would like to know more what I mean by that myself, but some of that is the imagination that comes when you're making, when you're actually working with a loom or with tools. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, the imagination in in writing, it's very mental, but there's a kind of imagination of the hand. I just was thinking those. Yeah, I agree. They, they have,
0: um, they do the work It comes through them. Do you know what I mean? It's not always a direct, right? Right. Right. It's a physical, there's an imagination in our physicality. Is that? Yes.
1: Yeah. That's That's exactly what I, I think we need now more than ever. Yeah.
0: That it's not just in our heads it's also right. in how we move and how we how we handle clay or i really like the video that you sent about the potter and all oh my god at the bottom of the course yeah, yeah. and you. um you ask us in the book um it, um what our sense of beauty um how would our sense of beauty expand if we actively inspired each other to forward the light we carry
1: mm-hmm. how
0: would how would the world change?
1: I'd love to see <laughs> I don't know um, that's another one of those questions to open the door to yeah. and live into and and breathe into and imagine and dance and just what is possible? I mean, we, I, I noticed that one of the most, um, quoted lines in the book of qualities is fear has a large shadow, but he himself is quite small.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I thought, um, we, I have a good imagination for fear or for worry because I have a good imagination. Yes. Right. So, so to balance that um, imagination of what could go wrong or what's bad or how it could get worse with imagining what could go right or what could what could change and what could offer more hope. Um, it's, a, it's a work in progress to do. Um, None and also, that, no. pardon? we don't do that we don't think about what could go
0: right even with her cuz i agree with you i sort of get frustrated at myself for my imagination t- taking myself places where they're horrible places and i and and so you know i'll be walking and i'll go in a horrible place in my mind and i think that's just your imagination, Deanne, and it's good you have it. But now let's come back. Yes, yes. yes. But I I have find it very hard uh, to be imagining the most wonderful. Like we're not taught to do that or something. I don't know if it's taught or what. But why can't why can't we use our imagination that way better, like that? You know, I wonder what's in us. I've
1: I've had third and fourth graders write about their imaginations. Often they're animals. I don't have anything in front of me or off the top of my head at the moment, but. Um, Well, actually do have one thing on the off the top of my head. I remember a girl talking about imagination as a flower. And when she drew the picture, the flower was as tall as her and, (laughs) and it was following her. But um, I will ask like third or fourth graders who has more imagination, a kindergartner or you or who has more imagination, a fourth grader or her parent. And they'll say the little kids have more imagination because they don't know as much. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know a lawyer who says he uses his imagination in his work and they'll like, look at me. And because he, he's using his imagination to, to imagine from the past to the future. So the imagination is also involved with time and our, the way we plan and, what, how we um, hold our experience and integrate it can be, um, you, we can use our imagination in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and um, that's, that's, all, that's all my questions for you. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add or talk about? Yeah, I, I thought maybe I could close with reading the creativity quality I wrote. Oh, that would be perfect. It's still true. (laughs) Creativity is not efficient. She has a different relationship with time than most of us. A minute can last a day, a day can last an hour. Creativity loves all the seasons. She's on intimate terms with the sun and the moon. It is New Year's all year long at her house, what with celebrations for the Celtic, Hebrew, Tibetan, Chinese, Japanese, and other New Year's too numerous to mention. Creativity loves to gossip with the birds and put on her masks and beads and dance with the animals. Although bright colors amuse her, creativity most often wears neutral tones. She is partial to off-white. Some people consider creativity selfish because she seems to do what she wants. I have found her to be gracious and generous. She's complex. If you've only met creativity in one of her serene moods, her flair for drama may offend you. She's not your aunt who collects porcelain teapots and plays chamber music. Maybe she is. If you were one of those people who only see her when she's starring in a major melodrama, you will not hear her rain songs. If you insist she is mad, you will never see how still her face is when she returns from a dream. Sometimes creativity disappears completely or wanders around the back alleys for weeks at a time. Creativity has a strong need to be occasionally anonymous If you run into her at the post office line during one of these periods, you will not recognize her. She's in a different place. It's almost as if her blood has slowed down. When the blank period is over, creativity brings her free self home with her. Skin new, she is ready to work. More than anyone else, creativity understands the secret meanings of the months, and sometimes I say years, when nothing seems to get done. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank I haven't read someone. that in a really long time. Yeah. I feel like uh, yeah. I feel very privileged to have had have you read to me. Thank read to me. Thank you. Thank you. I love what you're
1: doing. So thank best you. of luck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll share it with you when it's done. And if you wanna if you wanna share it with anyone, it's free. So they can, they okay. can use it can. Um, it. Can you tell people where to find you, Ruth, if they want to find you at, at your
1: website? I have two websites now. Ruthgenlerstudio.com and Ruthgenler.com and I had an online show um, seven months ago at this wonderful art center in Mill Valley called the O'Hanlon Center for the Arts. And that show is archived um at ohanloncenter.org, RuthGenler. And um, I think that's that's a fair amount, and and people can write me. I'm I'm sometimes better at with correspondence than other times, of course, but jrgendler at um, gmail.com thank you ruth it was really sure.
0: lovely to speak with you i'm going to stop the recording and then i'll right. say to you okay yeah